Hello and welcome to Wonderful. I'm David Pearl, the founder of Street Wisdom, and this is a podcast we've designed for anyone who wants to get some inspiration on the go. Today, a lot of us are listening to podcasts while we walk. Wonderful is a podcast designed specifically for that, a podcast to walk to, something to put a bit of wonder in your wonder. You're welcome to listen to this as you wander around your home or lying on the sofa even, you'll find inspiration is actually everywhere. But if you've got a bit of time, and let's face it, we've all got a bit of time, let's boot up and head out into the street. So hello, wanderistas, wanderellas, wanderfellas. Very, very nice to be virtually meeting up again. It's David Pearl here. Welcome to Wonderful the podcast that we've designed for you to listen to as you walk. And I'm out walking. I'm out and about. I'm out and about in London and Andrew Payne is virtually with me, tucked into my pocket as it were, from, where are you, Andrew? You're in Glasgow. You think that he has been standing on his head, which accounts for, it, well, he does that because he's a yogi. You're a yogi or you're, you're a yoga teacher? He's been on his head. You wouldn't think he was a yoga teacher necessarily. He looks like a a fugitive from the rock and roll world. But then people don't always look like the way that they they are, which is interesting because that's kind of a bit of a theme. I was just telling Andrew about a uh, situation that happened to me a few weeks ago. I turned up to a client, uh, and I do a lot of work in in businesses. Um, And I turned up to a client who I hadn't seen since, I think, probably the pandemic. or Yeah, I hadn't seen it live since before the pandemic. And this woman bounded up to us, about 200 of these people, and we were having a pre-event drink. She bounded out of the crowd. She said, you, she said, you, she was in America, you, you are the comedian. Which was, I smiled because it isn't how I describe myself. And I got what she meant. She sort of meant, I'm the guy that tends to turn up at these events and make people laugh. A part of me thought, I mean, I love comedians, but a part of me thought, it's not really how I see myself. And it made me reflect, though, that there's often for us a difference between um, what we do and why we do it, or rather why we're doing what we do and how we do it. So I think the thing is that I, you know, I go into businesses or uh, do street wisdom and the various things I do. And I guess I, in in a... I'm so sorry, I've been joined by a member of the public here. Um, I, I'm trying to make the world a better place, I think. I, my, my, my mantra is we're better than this. And that inclu- I'm looking at you, Andrew. We are better than this. In all respects, the human race is better than this. We've got more. And so that's what kind of drives me on. And, be- and, and that's my why, but my, very often the how I do it is I will use humour and jokes and so on to get the job done. Um, but... Um, I sometimes get them mixed up. A person who doesn't get them mixed up, though, is our guest for this episode. Tom Morley is an amazing guy. He describes himself as just a drummer. In fact, that's the name of the book that he's bringing out. But, of course, he's far more than that. What he does, though, he uses his exquisite skills as a drummer and as a co-opter of other people to play the drums to get teams operating differently to get people relating differently to wake up people's aliveness in situations where that isn't always the case people are can be sometimes quite dead 
um, in some of the businesses that we work with. So Tom is a guy that knows why he's doing what he's doing and knows a huge amount about how to do it. If you walk into a, if you've ever, hands up here, anybody has ever done a drumming workshop. It's just you, Andrew, just you and me and the people in the street. Um, yeah, you've got your hand down as well. Um, it's one of those, th oh, he has, he has, Andrew has done, but he's a bit of a hippie, so. The thing is, though, that when people, um, when people are, see Tom the first time they think what is he doing here in fact we'll I think we'll drop into the conversation where Tom's talking about his appearance he certainly isn't somebody that uh, you necessarily expect to see walking around the corridors of power in businesses or organizations he dreads on dreadlocks and often wears a mirrored top hat and a, a, you know embroidered frock coat and so on. but that's very intentional um, he is inviting us to connect and um, I think that that is a great place to drop into the conversation maybe as we think about ourselves are we inviting people to connect or are we inviting people to ignore us and walk away we shall see without any further ado let us roll the drums hit the hi-hat and introduce you to my friend colleague Tom Morley I was very shy, but I kind of got this visual. Uh, you know, I understood the whole visual thing. So I grew my hair. I, uh, I like Jimi Hendrix. I grew my hair. that had an afro. I walked around with Jimi Hendrix covers under my arm. And I knew that, the, the, I mean, the, the woman in, in uh, well, the girl, who everyone fancied at school, she's a big Jimi Hendrix fan. I mean, it was... Uh, it, it was easy. Well, I won't say it was easy, but I learned then, you know, the power of if you're shy, um, just put out some visual stuff, you know, speak visually. And then people go, oh, you know, they'll come and talk to you. People even say, you know, uh, why do you look like that? You, you, are you some extrovert? Do you want to stand out? And I go, no, I'm an introvert. I, I wouldn't have any contact with anybody unless I put myself out visually. And they'll go, well, that'll never work, mate. And I'll, I'll go, it's, it's working, isn't it? You know, so... <laughs> I love the idea that basically Tom discovered analog Instagram you know, yeah, yeah. years early, which is he's advertising images that kind of make us understand his brand, and then we're attracted towards him. Of course. Mike, if listeners were wanting to know what you mean by the way you look, how would you describe the way you look, and how would... How would a stranger describe the way you look? Over to you. Well, I would say, I, I mean, then, like, like I say, then in the 60s, kind of 70s, um, I was lucky. Uh, as a man, who did I grow up with? Uh, I, I grew up with, with the Beatles, their stimulus. So the Beatles started wearing suits, you know, mop top hair. So... Um, so I always copied heroes. So Jimi Hendrix, yeah, I had a big afro, uh, colourful clothes. I mean, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Janice dropped in. All those people, that, they gave us permission to just jam clothes together. You could wear a stripy shirt with a paisley waistcoat with bell-bottom silk pants. You know, uh, pants, well, let's say pants, I mean trousers. Um, so, it, so consequently, I... It's like a it's like a pop up collage. You, you, 
you know, we, we were lucky. We could wear a military uniform and have long hair. We could, you know, so how, how do I look? I look, um, I look like someone you'd want to have a conversation with. Even if it was to tell me, I look like a complete, I won't swear on your podcast, but. Oh, do go ahead. We can. Uh, well, well, all right. Uh, complete tosser, let's say. Complete. Well, why do you look like that, you wanker? And uh, at one point, I thought, and I have a slightly um, Native American look, I've been told. So at one point, I thought, I'm really going to tone this down. I'm going to just look normal and I'm going to find out what it's like just being normal in the world. And uh, I really sort of straightened up. And I, I went into a, a bar in town and uh, this. Jack the lad at the end of the bar said, Oi, Tonto, Lone Ranger's looking for you. He's outside. So I thought, I can't even, <laughs> even if I put on a suit and a tie and I go, Can I have a gin and tonic, please? I'm, I'm still going to get this. Oi, you. And also, it's um, it's really weird. You know, having, I, I've had dread, like, you know, I said, you know, I copied artists I like. So I copied uh, Bob Marley. Because when Punk out came out, I wanted to spike my hair up. But I, well, if I put Vaseline on it, I just looked like Harpo Marx, which wasn't exactly the look I was after. So I, um, I, I locked my hair up. And if you have locks and you're a white man over the years, you, you get, boy, boy George. And then um, simply, someone, some fans in town, simply red. Boy, simply red. Simply. So... Consequently, what, what do I look like? I look like, yeah, someone you'd want to have a conversation with, and that's because I'm shy, and uh, I can't really start conversations from scratch. I have to get people to start conversations with me, and then, as is probably apparent, once I start, you can't turn me off. <laughs> when you walk into these places, I've seen you operate in you know, real high-end corporate situations. Mm. And there's something about your, you know, your audacity, I would say, that, you know, you amp it up in a way I really love. You'll wear a top hat with mirrors on it. And, and you're, for me, what you're doing is, there's a huge difference between somebody who's trying to draw attention to themselves for themselves. Yeah. Someone that is actually trying to, trying to draw attention to the bigger them in the audience and that you yeah. are modeling that. So, I mean, is that right? Say more about that. Cause you presumably know, having been a rock star, you know, both. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, you'll know, um, me high chicks and me high said in this book flow, flow is found at the intersection of discipline and surrender. Uh, I like that. And I say that the groove is found at the intersection of discipline, surrender, and mischief, because I think the discipline and surrender sounds a little bit dry. And as soon as I added the mischief, it took me a while to come up with that. I was working with Jamie Wheel, who wrote um, Stealing Fire from the Gods and Recapture the Rapture. And I thought, crikey, you know, because I'd been watching this YouTube video, I thought, this guy is just brilliant. And then someone asked me to work with him. And he and he said exactly that. He's he, he was doing a quite a small workshop in London, and I was invited to do the sort of warm up. Well, not not exactly the warm up. It's more like the let's see it in action, because he runs a thing called the Flow Genome Project, which is it's very very 
clever, you know, well, wonderful man, Jamie, but he didn't have any sort of practical thing he could do to demonstrate. So he invited me through some other people. And um, and he said, he wrote a foreword to my book recently, that, like you have, and, um, and he said, uh, yeah, I saw Tom walk in a room with his top hat and his Indian coat and his drums. I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? He said, this is it's either going to be a train wreck or it's really going to work. <laughs> Luckily, it really worked. And now, that's, I know when I walk into any corporate event or when people see me on stage, they sometimes put me on stage at the beginning as a surprise. I know, and all stand-up comedians will tell you this, they'll say, address the thing first that the audience are thinking. So I will say something like, hello, my name's Tom. Is anyone else having a bad hair day? Or or I'll say, hello, my name's Tom. Um, I don't take drugs, actually. And they laugh. You know, both times they look like, oh, this guy's got our number. So then <laughs> I say, well, you know, you're going to be here anyway because I've already been paid 50% up front, so I'm not going away. So i tell you what, let's try standing up and doing it. And that... And what that is, I've done some work with Nike on branding. Uh, and Nike, the, 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 if you think, you know, vision, values, vibe, the, 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 the values are really kind of um, sports performance. It's not let's make training shoes, sports performance. Their vibe, um, their kind of everyday behavior is just do it. But their vision, the, the thing above all that is, I love these two words, irreverence justified. And if you think yeah. who Nike sponsor, it, they're all rebels. Tiger Wood, you know, also I'm not sure who they sponsor now, but they've all Michael Jordan. They've all been rebels, but they've all been rebels at the top of their game. You know, John McEnroe, Chalk Dust, you know, who whoever kind of uh, spoke to the umpire like that before. No, mate, that was the, I saw the Chalk Dust. I'm not accepting. So, and then they look at it. They look at the footage. They go. He's right, actually. <laughs> so, so, so it's irreverence, yes, but it's justified. And I think that is, if there's anything, you know, if I was only allowed two words on my gravestone, I'd probably put those two on because that's that's what you have to do if you if you're an if you're an introvert and you make yourself stand out. Um, you can't if people say. Well, oh, why are you standing out? Well, it's just so you'll come and talk to me. Uh, what have you got to say then? Oh, I'm not sure, really. Um, tell me about what was the traffic light on the way here for you? You know, they don't want to hear that. They want to, they want to hear, oh, yeah, the groove is found at the intersection of, you know, discipline, surrender, and mischief. Let's let's get on with some mischief. Oh, that sounds all right. Mate. I love that. I love that. I mean... We should talk more about mischief because I think um, it's something that I've tripped over in my work that, um, you know, people often talk about game changing. This is a game changing thing. And, I, and I, I've in the past sort of talked about change gaming, which is if you're going to you're gonna change something, I mean, things are changing all the time, but if you mm. want to change something for the better, mm. um, uh, making it playful is really important. And very often playful means engaging what they call in theatres, you know, the lower humours. It's not all about mm. ideals and about romance. It can be about naughtiness, yeah, the, gut, the guts and the genitalia. And 
do you, maybe that's you know do you are you accessing that that naughtiness and and say a bit more about your work because I will say that um, there are these words that rock that go around the and fads if you like that go around the corporate world and you know art in business or storytelling or in your case perhaps drumming I don't know how you describe what you do but when you when you hear the word drumming people often like. Uh, they're, they're split, aren't they? they? Go, oh yeah, I love that. Or they just roll their eyes. But yeah. You're doing far more than drumming. Tell 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 our tell our listeners who don't know your work a little bit about what you do. Well, my upcoming book, which is going to be called Just a Drummer, is called Just a Drummer because really I'm a polymath. I know about the neuroscience of what I do. I also run harmony singing groups. I mean anything that brings people together, and I. I'll tell you why. It's because my my grandmother, who was an East Ender, grew up in a war in the Blitz. She said, well, the war to her was really the worst of times, the best of times. But the, the, one of the reasons it was the best of times, because everybody came together. And she said that they would go down into the underground to shelter from the Blitz. And uh, all the children were anxious, so they would sing. And I said to her, what, the singers would sing? And she said, no, everybody would sing. And I'll go, what, you do? You all did a warm-up and talked about your fears about not being able to sing properly and how your teacher would ask you to mime in the choir. No, we just sang. What, everybody sang? Yeah, we just sang. Why? Well, because the kids were anxious. We had to sing. You know, we couldn't, they, they, could, they couldn't deal with their, I mean, they couldn't, what, no. I won't say they, they couldn't process their own fears. They did process their own fears by doing it. And that is what I do in the world. And that's what I see. I, you know, if they put me on stage in front of 200 people and they go, we're not going to do an introduction. Here's Tom in his hat or with his drums. Or, you know, we've got 200 drums. We'll bring them in now. So well, well, I say, look, we can either spend an hour discussing why this isn't going to work or we can just start doing it. I will lead you through so it works. And I'll say, it's going to work because I've been paid. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I'm still being paid. You know, let me show you the invoice. And then, and then, but that is where the discipline comes. I've done, I've worked and worked and worked to get this right. And so I can make it look easy. It's that irreverence justified, but it's built on, discipline certainly surrender to the moment because i might have arrived and they say we'll get you uh you know we'll get you this or we'll get you a headset mic or we'll get you that and so the whole surrender you'll know as as being a workshop leader half the stuff you ask for isn't there the chairs are in a different order da, 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 you, you know they moved you on the schedule so that's the surrender and then the mischief is well we're going to do it anyway here let's do it I, I i actually have um in my so i don't use powerpoint a lot but in my powerpoint i i'd say let me show you why this is going to work now this big complex slide of here's the different harmony parts i've taught you um this look you see your part of the rhythm is over here your part, let's go and then i have this and then it's, the screen goes blue and it says no signal right slide. <laughs> And then everyone's, oh, God, it's not going to work. And then I go, hang on, hang on. Let's just zoom in to that blue. And then gradually 
it looks like we're zooming in and it's light blue on dark blue it goes uh, imagination social justice love uh, connection and i go well do you know what all i've got left is my values in the background i wonder if we could do it on that and then i forget the slide and i'll go you like can you remember that part can you remember that da, da, da. and then we just do it all on values and again it's it's um it's kind of mischievous but all the time they need to be building up this trust thinking wow this you know this guy really knows what he's doing because i can guarantee if you put this if you put a blue slide behind you three techies from the audience are going to rush up with cables going <laughs> let me uh no no and this happened to me the other day you know so, so there's this kind of panic and there you go, we don't need a panic, we've got our values. You know, everything can go down. And I'll tell you one one story about that, which it's a squitty plitty story. We we're in Berlin in, in the kind of early eighties, and we were playing uh it's quite a you know, it's quite a big gig. The place was rocking. And um and there's a power cut, you know, there was one of those converted factory into art center places they they were very good at over there. In, uh, across the whole continent of Europe, and um, and of course, being a drummer, I didn't re I didn't need any microphones. I just carried on, and it was a kind of I, I went into a pretty straight reggae beat. I didn't mess around. I just thought, all right. And the audience started going, yo, 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 yo. So they kind of provided their own entertainment <laughs> while while the power's off, and then the probably only lasted three minutes they put the power up and uh we loved reggae so neil came in with a reggae baseline green came in with a chop you know and then we somehow we we had this thing of being just able to look at each other and you know go that's the end of the song so we stopped and people afterwards at the bar they would say that was brilliant that power cut stunt because it really brought the whole crowd together do you do that every time? And I said, well, yeah, maybe. And that, that's what really, that's what I've based my life on ever since. You know, it's the same with that PowerPoint slide going off. It's the same with the power going off. We have, we are our own PowerPoint. You know, we just got to turn the freaking thing on and turn the other thing off, which is an illusion of power and expertise. It's, it's nonsense. You know, PowerPoint is nonsense, really. In that, it's given middle managers an idea that they can, I mean, sorry, middle manager, but that they can they can become a motivational speaker because they presented the yearly report. It's not true. You know, PowerPoint is just some, it's not even a good trick. I was looking, I was looking mischievous up while you were talking and it says, playfulness that's intended to tease or create trouble and i think you i think in your drumming work and by the way listeners listener just so you know you could convention if you walked in a room and saw tom at work you possibly probably find him amidst hundreds of initially quite awkward looking quotes business people although they're just people because people <laughs> people doing jobs drumming, doing wild and wonderful drumming. And he's got them kindled into this kind of, from being a group of, you know, silent attendees to being sort of proto-musicians. Mm. And 
Are you there to make trouble? Are you making good trouble? Is that what you're up to? Well, I'm there to reintroduce them to their own creativity, which, um, the, the, in, I mean, you know how capitalism works. It makes us feel inadequate so it can sell us things. I mean, that's it. So, um, Marx, Karl Marx, you could have said it quicker. You heard yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you could have done. Yeah, yeah, Karl Marx. That's capital in one sentence. Yeah. I thank you. Yeah. I'm here all week. Yeah. Keep going. <laughs> it's brilliant. So, brilliant. So, consequently, what I do is I say, well, yeah, you could go out and buy yourself this or get the new app or, you know, do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel a bit better. Or, uh, we could play these drums or we could just sing in harmony and uh, we don't even need drums. And and if, you know, in that way of serendipity, if if the drums don't turn up, you know, I did a thing in China, I'd flown all the way to freaking Shanghai and they didn't send the instruments. They were on the, they, they went with me to Heathrow. Um, so I did, luckily I was there for three days. So I did the first session just saying, yeah, I told them about it. I said, so look, this is all we've got. We've got ourselves. So we did body percussion, we did singing, blah, blah, blah. And they said, wow, yeah. So that's the sort of mischief. Well, the mischief of it is, okay, so they would think, oh, this is a dangerous situation. Uh, what is this gonna guy going to do? You know, because it's, you know, his website is all about instruments and drums and blah, blah, blah. So I've got these things to hide behind. No, we haven't, but... The, like my gran in the Blitz, what did they have? They had nothing. They didn't have, you know, but they sang and it worked and, and, the, and the kids calmed down and went to sleep. So most, I mean, we, we have nothing and we have everything. We have everything we need. And that is why, say, if there's a power cut, if there's, you know, we, we did a thing um, at the uh, Radisson in Heathrow it was an early morning thing. They'd had a gala dinner the night before, and and we were there as the sort of hangover cure on the following morning. And man, those people that it, it was a singing event, and um, they just came and sat on the floor and they started reading the Sunday papers and stuff. And so I thought this is going to be hard, and um, I couldn't even get them to stand up. So we just thought, well, this. This is going to be really tough. I had a couple of other drummers with me. And then a fire alarm went off. And we all had to go outside. And it was quite a crisp day. And we took our drums with us. And it just woke everybody up. Fantastic. And so we started playing. And they said, oh, we're going to teach you a song while we're out here. So we were rocking with these African songs. They had to call the fire brigade because it was a serious alarm. And when the fire engines came, all the women were, hey, firemen, and they were nicking their hats and they were dancing with them and we, we carried on drumming and singing. And 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 the, and the organiser said, well, I don't know if you organised that, but well done because it's the only <laughs> thing that we're going to get moving. So <laughs> I suppose the mischievous thing was when my, my colleagues, when they said, when we were told to leave, they said, we'll leave the drums here. They're quite heavy. And I said, no, we're taking, you know, we are taking those drums out because something is going to happen. And uh, so that is the, uh, sorry, to answer your question properly, it, is it difficult? Is it, da, 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 is it dangerous? Not at all. Just as long as I stay plugged in to those possibilities. Uh, Kate Fox in them. Um, 
you know, but watching watching the English talked about the English sense of humour, and people say, why is it so developed? And she said, because twenty four hours, we are looking for opportunities for humour in Japan. They may be, you know, it's not appropriate in meetings. It's not appropriate. So, so they're not as practiced, whereas we are practiced at making jokes out of everything, and I'm practiced at making a song and dance about everything, you know, and making sure we got the equipment to do it. You know, that is the thing, you know, and the equipment could be just our bodies, like I say, it's body percussion, but it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I, I, I mean, you know, this podcast is is inspired by the idea that there are treasures to be found when you go off the beaten track, you know, mentally as well as physically. Wandering yeah. is about responding to what's happening in the moment rather than what was planned. And I, you're a master, you're an absolute master of that. I, I, I heard a phrase that, that just yesterday that, that someone was using to describe the work that I do, and I think it so applies. Well, I want to see if you think it applies. I think it's mm. Alan Watts. Mm who said, you know, many people know the words, but very few people know the music. Mm. He was talking, I don't know what that means for you. That For me, that, taken out of context, sort of means that humans at this stage in history as well were focused on the, you know, the visible, the facts, the consensus reality, the, the stuff, but we're not necessarily hearing the music, the under... Mm. the underscore of what's going on. I think sometimes we're people like you and I are called into business because we're both known for music. There's a sense of, well, it'll be entertaining, but there's also a sense that, y you know, we are perhaps open people up to the tune that's in the background that they can't hear. That's what it meant for me. Do you, do you, do you see your work in that phrase at all? Yeah. I, um, Alan Watts was great, also talk, talking about music, when he was talking about dancing. And he said, uh, people think that the dance is, to, you know, we, we live in this world, but we've got to get from here to there. You know, we've got to get this project done. We've got a month to do it. We'll, end, we'll start on the first, end on the 31st, then we'll celebrate. And he, he, he talks about dance. He said the dance isn't... Uh, going from it's not getting from one side of the room to the other side of the room thank you for the dance it's actually dance you know dancing around the room and anybody who's done any dancing and got into the groove you know got into flow well no you just want to carry on dancing that's why it's what what do people do at weddings when they finally get on the dance floor They've been saying, no, no, I'm not going to dance. Not. <laughs> and then and then, uh, then they finally get on, and the DJ says, thank you very much, everybody. We have to finish at one. They go, no, no, one, just one more song, one more song, because they don't want to stop. So we we represent people who are dancing all the time, I think. We, we haven't stopped. We invite them to come and join us a bit, but they they don't think, oh, I wonder what Tom does at weekends. You know, of course, I'm still listening so the song and something else that it it it, and it I don't think it directly relates to what you're saying, but it's in the same area. Is uh, a friend of mine quoted Jack Kerouac the other day saying, "We as people of you know present something different. We are up against a very well-funded status quo, and I love that well-funded because it's well-funded because um, if they keep us." 
unhappy with our basic state of being, they can keep selling us stuff. So that's what they're funding. Um, they're funding general unease in the population, so we'll keep buying. And I think um, one other thing, uh, this may not be the same for you as a conductor and a piano player, and, but certainly as a musician, we drummers... I've been thinking, I only, this only really hit me last night because I've got a talk I'm doing on Saturday. I thought, what, what? These people know me as a drummer. Everyone knows me as a drummer. That's why, that's why the book's called Just a Drummer because I can't convince them of anything else. <laughs> what we do is we make it safe for everybody. We keep a groove going so the lead guitarist can innovate, you know, can try something out. The singer can go and crowd surf around the audience um but we're there keeping the keeping the beat and the the singer would not be other crowd surf if there wasn't a beat there if they said all right everybody um we're gonna turn the music off and i'm gonna throw myself into the audience and i want you to pass me around can you do that uh not really mate yeah. okay we got the drummer's gonna keep going will you do it now yeah of course you know we're all you know we're involved in something so so i'm but the, the irony of that is that the, the safer they feel with the groove and the groovier the groove is, the, mo the more attractive, um, then they will try something new. They go, oh, this guy, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, all right, we'll, we'll do that for an hour. I mean, the, 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 it must be hundreds of times people have said to me now in the bar, do you know what, mate, I really didn't think that was going to work, but you know, us singing, us drumming, nah, you know, we, could, we, haven't, we haven't got a rhythmic beat in our body. Anyone in the team, we're all useless. But you seem to think it would work, so we thought we'd have a go. Well, I don't know how you did that. You must be a magician. I go, I'm not a magician at all. You know, they call me the rock star activator. I, all I do is activate the rock star in, in individuals. And also... If it, again, from CEO to um, you know up and down within in the company, do they want to talk to me in the bar about Belbin? Do they want to tell me their Myers Briggs profile? No. What they want to say is, what was it like on the road? What was it, what were the parties like? You know, what, what's your biggest adventure that you've had? You know, what's your worst hangover? <laughs> Did you ever fall off stage? That, that's that's, that's, that's <laughs> I did at one point thing of calling the book backstage stories because that is you know there's that's what i represent I, I represent the guy who did it and is still standing somehow still standing on stage so i have a i have a mission which is imagine we are list uh, one of our listeners or all of them are uh, walking, listening to this, and they're mm. they're walking on because this, as you know, this podcast is designed for people to walk as they listen, uh, mm. listen as they walk. If they're not feeling the Tom Morley uh, buzz at the moment, they're just walking on. Is there anything you can do while you walk uh, that can switch the joy in the world on or get the groove going? Is, is there anything you do or, or you could teach us to do as people are walking on? Because what I love to do is after we've been after we finished speaking let people have a little experience as they're walking so what do you think i think well i mean we 
we walk in rhythm so um you can play with the rhythm of walking so if i mean you'll know this so uh so one two three four we pretty much walk in four four one two so we walk down the street now if you want if you want to get into the groove (laughs) emphasize the second and fourth beat if you emphasize the first and the third beat so we go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. It's a march kind yeah. of thing, yeah. Yeah, it's a march. Now, if you go one, two, three, four, 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 one, two, it feels like you're on your way to a rally, you know. Whereas if you um, if you go one, two, you feel like a, a Motown group have just got a call from Barry Gordy at three o'clock in the morning, and he's saying, "You guys, I know you're in the area. Can you just walk down to the studio and be in be in the groove by the time you get there?" That if you do one, two, and four. So that's something you can do, um, and you don't have to clap out loud. You can move your shoulder one, two, left shoulder, right shoulder. So I would say, and then start to start to think. You know, what do my feet feel like right now? It's what are my um, what is going on with my ears in this weather are they hot are they cold so gradually turn yourself on and um again nobody need to know about this you don't have to shout to the world peace and love peace and love. <laughs> it's just you can think that um and also uh think you know that as the rock star activator <clears throat> in Business terms, that is discretionary effort. But I can't say that because I'm not wearing a white coat or I don't look like a business trainer. They go, what do you know about discretionary effort? You're just a drummer. And I go, well, all right. So what about if I call it your inner rock star? You've all, I know you've all wanted to be in a band at some time. Right? They say, don't tell me you haven't. And they go, yeah, all right, rumbled. All right, so be that band member as you walk down the street. I think you've taken us beautifully as we come to the end, or at least a temporary end, hopefully, we're going to continue our conversation over many years, but <laughs> it brought us back to Alan Watts and the dancing. Yeah. It's like, don't just, don't just walk from A to B, let's dance from A to B. Yeah. He says, well, what's the purpose of the dance? It's to dance. Yeah. We, we, and also he said, dance music. Um, if it was to get to A, from A to B as quickly as possible, which is what we do in business, how do we achieve? He said, um, the most popular dance music would be one note. We'd gather a concert like you, being a, like your orchestra that you <laughs> kind of conducted. You'd just be there, you are, get everyone's attention. Okay, everybody, here we go. <laughs> right, thank you very much for coming. <laughs> so, dance music doesn't have the goal that a lot of other projects have. The, the, the purpose of dance music is to keep us dancing. Why why are DJs so popular? It's because they can keep the crowd on the floor. They notice 
if there's a bit of drift and they go, oh, it's time for St. James Brown. There was a, there was a point at the Wag Club in the 80s where I used to go a lot and um, you could almost set your watch to it. One o'clock, when everyone was flagging a bit, on comes James Brown, sex machine. Yeah. Bang. Everyone's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm here for. So, but, so well, I, I mean, no, I just, I think you do a very, you do many things. Clearly, you're just a drummer. I'm just a drummer. Clearly, you are just a drummer. But I think what you've done this morning was to just remind me that that uh, think about there's a lot to get done, and let's do it. But as we're doing it, let's dance our way there. Let's groove our way there because we'll get to better places if we do it. And there's a the the, the the complexity and the challenge, and as you say, we're sitting at a time when the world is facing lots of crises. There's a sort of terrible pressure to get it done quickly. Let's get it done quick. But I hear, I hear the temple of, uh, you know, temple of Tom Morley says, "Let's get there. Let's let's groove our way there. Let's 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 dance it. Exactly. Let's let's, let's off beat. Yeah. Let's set up a groove that is sustainable because it all, everyone says to me, oh, yeah, it was great.'" Uh, but how do we sustain that? And I go, well, you have to sustain it. It's not written into my one-hour program. That's, yeah. I'm not a magician. I can't, you know, you're going to have trigger events that are going to turn you off, mm -hmm. and you're going to think, oh, what was all that about? That, you know, but the, they, the, the one thing that annoys me is people say, oh, I see you bring out their inner child. I'm not interested in the inner child. I'm interested about bringing out the inner, inner adult. And because... <laughs> They have enough of their inner child at work with their playground politics. I mean, a lot of those people, they haven't got a clue what they're doing. They just know how to get paid. Yeah. Bring out the inner adult. And the, uh, I hope the inner adult is coming out of COP27 because we don't need any, any inner child workshops there. Yeah. Those people and they're posturing and they're getting away. Yeah, we've seen playground politics. What we need is some grown-ups, please. We need, yeah, we do. <laughs> but grown-ups that know how to groove. So that's my friend Tom, or a little taste of Tom. Tom Morley. Not just a drummer after all. And I love that he gave us an exercise. Uh, and we can try it now. So in case you've forgotten, the, 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 uh, the way we do this is for the next five, ten minutes, we're going to go find our groove using Tom's patented method, which is, as you're walking along, find a beat that you're happy to walk at and sort of count to four, left, right, left, right, one, two, three, four, you get the idea. And then start to accentuate the offbeat, the two and the four. Cha, cha, and let that emphasis Start to work in your, start to work in your body. See if it, it gives you a bit of a groove. See if it gives you, as you emphasize one leg over another. See if you begin to do a bit of that dancing, if you like. And maybe keep it very, the, the feeling small. It's really not so much to demonstrate that you're gro groovy, but you start feeling groovy. Just notice if giving yourself a rhythm changes your level of energy. And if you want to play, if you, though, as though you've got more than one drum, as it were. You might want to, again, I think it was mentioning theirs, you might want to add your elbow in on the offbeat, or you might want to occasionally snap a finger or, you know, sniff. 
and just see if you can be the walking rhythm section that you were born to be. Let's see how that works. You too, Andrew. Come down off that wall and, um, and let's groove. Let's see how this works. So that's, that was great. And Andrew just asked me, did I get all John Travolta? No, I did not get all John Travolta. He should be so lucky. Now, I, so I don't know how it was for you, the Wanderistas, the Wanderellas, the Wanderfellas. Um, but for me, I, a number of things happened. The first is I couldn't help smiling. There's something about having an inner, inner game that is kind of just enjoyable. Um, and I was wondering, are they not are the other people on the street noticing that I'm doing this? Uh, so there's a little bit of mischief there, which I think is also helpful. And it's got its own energetic um, effect. Um, I then noticed actually that how ploddy, if I can say that, the, the, the general walking elegy that I was having before is kind of... And there's a kind of sense, a little bit as Tom was talking about, is it? It's all about just getting to the next place. It's sort of an unconscious thing. It's the, the, the feet do that, uh, just getting on with the task of getting your brain to the next intervention, the next moment. And actually, but when you put the attention into your feet and the energy into your feet, um, there's a, uh, it becomes not mechanical, but rhythmic. There's a musicality to it. And then the thing that I noticed was that I became aware of other people's rhythms. Um, what was the rhythm of their walk? And everyone's got a different one, slightly different. And I began to kind of mirror it. I couldn't help myself, but go to their rhythm. So in a weird way, we were dancing together. They weren't aware of that necessarily, but it was a really nice feeling of what I think they call synchrony, which is this when things are happening at the same time. You, you feel it sometimes when you're like on a march. If you're, I don't know, those of you who like to march, you walking along with the samba drums and blowing your, blowing your, your whistles and protesting or whatever it is. But it's very nice to have synchrony that isn't sort of militant like that and uh, martial. Uh, just a sense of, for a moment, you're dancing at the same tempo as a stranger. Um, it sets a little bit of a connection there that they may, may or may not be aware of, but I certainly was. There's a certain sort of delicacy of that connection. One of the things about street wisdom, which is, of course, where a lot of this work comes from, where this podcast would inspire the podcast, is this idea is, can we, can we lessen the distance between us in our cities? I don't mean literally, although that also can be true, but, but more the connection, it warm the connection between strangers so that cities can be a bit more livable, a bit more lovable. And that simple exercise did it for me a little bit. It felt like we were, we were the Bolshoi of the streets. So, uh, Andrew is the Bolshi of the streets. That's not true. It was a poor pun and it was very Ill, Ill, inappropriate because you're, not, you're far from Bolshi. But um, thank you, everybody. Thank you for, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for wandering along with us. Um, we really look forward to seeing you um, the next episode. And meanwhile, in between times, keep the groove and stay wonderful.
Yay! Stay wonderful. If you enjoyed the podcast, I think you'll really like my book, Wonderful. It's all about how to activate your inner compass so you can find better ways to live, laugh, love, and other things beginning with L. You'll find your copy on Amazon. And if that all sounds a bit salesy, the truth is all my proceeds go to my nonprofit, Street Wisdom, which was set up to offer a fresh, new creative practice free to people all over the world. Let's face it, the world could do with a bit more creativity, right? Check out streetwisdom.org and you'll find audio guides, news about where events are taking place and other creative loveliness. If you're looking for your next step, it's a great place to start. So please like and subscribe to the podcast and have a wonderful day. Did you see what I did there, Andrew, when I said next steps? That means like both physical and metaphorical next steps. I guess what we call a play on words. Marketing gold, really. <laughs>